Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 205, entitled Flipping Websites with Blake Hutchison. It was published on Thursday the 12th of November 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and some very short housekeeping before we begin. As we all know, Black Friday is just around the corner and WP Builds has got all of your WordPress Black Friday deals sorted. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash black. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash black. And we've got a searchable, filterable list of loads of things to do with WordPress. So if you're in the market for something this Black Friday, you can go to that page, click the yellow button and you'll be able to search and filter. You can search by product name, product type and also by the discount amount. It's really useful. Go and check it out. If you've got a product that you'd like us to list, please click the blue add your deal button on that page. You'll need to be on a desktop to do that. Once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. If you would like to keep in touch with everything that we do, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and there you will find all of the things that we produce each and every week. Perhaps the best thing to do is join our Facebook group of over 2,700 very friendly and polite WordPressers. It's a great place to hang out. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. Go check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, what are we talking about in the podcast today? This is a really interesting subject. It's an area that I haven't really strayed into. It's all about flipping things. And what I mean by that is something that you've got that you want to sell or something that you'd like to have and you wish to buy it. There's loads of different opportunities here. For example, it could be as simple as buying a domain, but it could be buying an app or it could be buying some sort of SaaS thing which is out there. Blake Hutchison has a product called Flipper, F-L-I-P-P-A dot com, and that service takes care of the entire process, and there's more to it than you might think. So check out this episode of the WP Builds podcast. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds podcast. I'm glad that you've made it to the interview part. Today, I'm joined all the way from Australia by Blake Hutchison. Hello, Blake. Hi, Nathan. How are you? I'm very good. It's an interesting time that we're going through. As we're recording this, uh, the location where Blake lives is undergoing lockdowns and things. So we were just saying he's been sat in the same chair for many months, probably probably getting a bit fed up. Is is life normal over there? How's it going? Yeah, look, I wouldn't say it's normal. Uh, I think we're doing better than some, but we've got a particular uh, problem in Victoria, which is the state that Melbourne is based in, Melbourne, Australia. And we're on six-week lockdown, so you're allowed out for an hour's worth of exercise and only to get food unless you are considered an essential worker. So mm. it's pretty restrictive. I'm sitting on a dining table in a little house and I go out for my coffee and then in the morning and then my walk in the afternoon and that is it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't mean this to sound flippant, he said, sort of coining a <laughs> phrase, which we'll get to shortly. But um, yeah, best of luck. I hope that all of that works out for you. But uh, Blake is certainly not here to talk about that. He's sort to, here to talk about something which we've really genuinely never strayed into. And it's an area that I feel some of you may be deeply interested in. Perhaps it's something you've engaged in. Um, but Blake is here. I don't, I'm going to say the word represent, but that might be the wrong word. It may be that he founded or owns or what have you. We'll get him to talk about that. But um, we're talking about Flipper, F-L-I-P-P-A. So you can find that at flipper.com, two P's and an A at the end. And this is a service. Well, I could describe it, but you know what? I think you'd do a better job. So what is Flipper? Oh, thank you, Nathan. Yeah, it's uh, a marketplace to buy and sell what we define as digital real estate. So for your listeners, WordPress sites are the most commonly sold piece of digital real estate on Flipper. And that's pretty cool because you get to see um, awesome sort of passion projects that are listed and, and people sell those to go on and do whatever they want to do, but to get a good price for and the marketplace has lots of demand, so it, it seems to be a burgeoning area. Yeah. So let's just take it from the point of view of the seller, first of all. So I, I presume that, that this is where the journey begins. Um, if you, Is there any sort of criteria? Does the domain have to be a particular age? Does it have to have a certain volume of traffic? Do you go through some sort of onboarding process to, to give the domain evaluation? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about selling on your digital real estate, as you say. I'm just going to say website. Um, yeah. To somebody else for an agreed fee, everybody's happy. I presume that there's a proportion of that fee that uh, goes your way as the marketplace. But is there any is there any sort of gotchas on the way? You know, are there any domains that you just flat turn down because they they stray into topics that you don't want to touch that are a bit toxic, or perhaps they just don't have the traction? Anything that you require before onboarding? Then, yeah, great question. I mean, generally not. Um, there's a couple of uh, taboo areas, um, but generally speaking, those taboo areas relate to legality um, mm -hmm. versus anything else. So if it's legal subject matter, uh, then you can list it on Flipper. Uh, but where we do have some, I guess, criteria and hurdles, if you like, relate to price. So you can't just list a three-month-old WordPress site for uh a million dollars because that would be a little bit silly and wouldn't be representative of the true value of that website. Mm. So price is the biggest hurdle um, and we we help people along in that regard. But really really, what it's about is helping, helping people who have run a passion project or helping people who build WordPress sites um, find a path to realising the value of what they've created. Yeah, it. We use the word um, estate agent in the UK, but I think in maybe in Australia, I don't know if it's the same. Realtor, yes, um, somebody that sells properties, actual physical bricks and mortar buildings and so on. And and you know, you you rock up to the estate agent, you say, "I'd like to sell my house, please." And then uh, there's a bunch of criteria. A, is it yours? Yes, it's mine. Uh, where is it? Okay. How many bedrooms? What age is it? Has yes. it got insulation and so on? And so you go through this sort of tick list. They come round, they inspect it, see what the decor is like and so on. And then in the end, they slap a price on it and you, you say, yeah, that, that seems to be what the market can bear. Is it, is it a similar kind of process? Yeah, it's similar. Um, I guess probably the biggest difference is that we're not a agent or a broker. So we have an onboarding system 
Um, and that onboarding system allow, enables you to connect to certain things to verify the information about your site. So there's some stuff that's verifiable, there's some stuff that's not. But as an example, uh, we automatically pull in the SEM rush data uh, or data, yeah. <laughs> depending on the area of the world you're from. Uh, and that gives us some sense of domain authority, um, keyword strength, um, organic versus paid search. You can then, as the seller, also connect to Google Analytics. Um, if you used AdSense, for example, you could also connect to Google AdSense, and therefore we populate your listing with that. So there is a similar process that, say, uh, you know, in your analogy, a real estate agent would use. There's certainly checks and balances in that regard. And then, of course, there's lots of questions. So how long has the site been around for? Um, that is that is validated information all the way through to um, less objective and less validated information like, you know, why are you selling it or how do you make money or um, how to, you know, what, what do you write content about? Mm. That's stuff that the, the seller populates through an onboarding process. Got it. Um, in, in the real estate model, there's this one killer factor, which is location. You know, location yes. trumps everything. If you've got, if you've got an identical house uh, in the middle of where I live, compared to the centre of London near the Houses of Parliament, well, you know how that goes. There's, it's literally going to be 50 times the value, maybe more, I don't know. Yep. But um, I'm wondering if there are any key killer components in, in amongst all of this. Like, for example, uh, I don't know, the domain ending, the shortness of the, 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 the string itself. You know, So if it's a very short four-letter domain as opposed to a long and wordy 15-letter domain, or perhaps even like a topic area, are there any things basically which... which in your experience really have that kind of location value yeah absolutely well so domain can come into it but often doesn't so let's yeah. i'll give you an example of where it did come into it so there was a there was a website sold on flipper and the domain was translate.com wow okay now <laughs> that's clearly a strong domain um that website was second for translation as a keyword or translate this, translate that as a keyword on Google, second only to Google's own translation functionality. Okay. So they were receiving um, lots and lots of traffic. And as a result of that, um, whilst the domain was super strong and of course played a huge factor in them able, uh, them able to rank as high as they were, um, ultimately what the buyer valued was its ability to acquire traffic organically. Mm -hmm. So the domain played a factor, but then you get other cases. I mean, I'm staring at one now and the domain is crochet Kim. Now the person who owns the site was called Kim and the site was about crochet. Hmm. Um, now in that particular case, it has absolutely nothing to do with the domain. It has everything to do with um, one, the traffic and how that traffic is originated. So is it organic or is it paid? Is If it's organic, is it coming from social? Is it coming from um, search? And then, of course, age, which gives buyers some, uh, I guess, confidence in the seasonality or the consistency of the performance. And so I would say age and traffic origination are, akin to location, mm. location, location. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Just something springs to mind. You mentioned Crochet Kim, which let's say, for example, I was into crochet, which it turns out I'm not. But uh, were <laughs> I to be into crochet and I was to acquire that domain, like the Kim bit would really sit badly with me. That that would kind of irk me and I'd want it to be Crochet Nathan, right? Yes. Um, but, but the traffic is really interesting to me. So you could buy it and then presumably once you've bought it, there's all sorts of processes by where you could then sort of reflip that domain under your ownership, you know, redirect all the traffic and obviously do it carefully and do your due diligence and make sure you, re, re, you know, push everything into the right page and so on. But you could then take the traffic from that and have a completely different domain going forwards. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you own the asset, you own um, the content that comes with that asset, you own the revenue that comes with that asset, and then it's then up to you to, to optimize it in any way you see fit. And and we actually have, I guess there's two, I know we we're talking about sellers, but there's two types of buyers. You've either got the sort of, um, I guess, uh, side hustle or buy your next job group. So that means they're looking to you know supplement their income or in some cases replace their income in full in which case um, they might just take Crochet Kim and just continue to run it as it is. Maybe they're not yeah. as uh, perturbed by the yeah. Kim bit <laughs> as you might be. Um, and they're just genuinely looking to make money from it. So in the case of Crochet Kim, it's it's currently, or it was when it was sold, making $2,500 a month. That can be a very strong income for someone. Yeah. Um, but then on to your point, you also get those people who are, super into um, aggregating sites and then optimizing them together using techniques or technology or whatever it might be. And so you get publishing companies who literally buy these small niche sites because they've got the ability to acquire the eyeballs, in which case they might change the branding, they might change the design entirely, um, but what they're buying is the the content base, the ability for that content to drive um uh, users, not only users, but ultimately advertisers, and then they 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 aggregate that accordingly. So, yeah, you can you can turn it into whatever you want. It's like buying a house. You're yeah. uh, you're, you're looking at it for the value that it is today, but you're also looking at it for the value it can create for you long term. Yeah, it's interesting. So the again, staying with the sort of seller uh, model, if, yeah. if I was to go yeah. to the website, are there any kind of like rules of thumb? that you would say, look, it's just not worth it if X. It's just not worth it if Y. You know, in other words, yeah. if it's yeah. it, you've got three months since you bought it, you've done nothing with it. There's a WordPress website on there, but that's about, you know, are, are there any kind of like, just don't bother if? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's very easy to start a site today and therefore um, don't bother if, you are selling something that doesn't have something unique about it. Um, and by uniqueness, I think there's a, there's a couple of things there. So uniqueness can be um, it's set up beautifully for someone who is less familiar at setting up a website compared to yourself. And it has therefore a great design. Maybe it's got um, some APIs embedded where you're aggregating content for it automatically um, maybe it's set up beautifully with all the plugins all ready to go and, and maybe when somebody takes it over that you've just saved them so much time, in which case it's got value. But yeah. if you've literally just put a template design that you might have bought on Envato on top of a WordPress instance, 
um, and then you try to sell that for a thousand dollars, I wouldn't bother because yeah. buyers are savvy enough to say, "Well, you have an added value to my experience, and there's enough there's enough data and insight for people out there now to know that you know that's not what they should be buying, and therefore, if you own that type of asset, you shouldn't be selling it." There's a lot of people in our community who are very skilled with WordPress for obvious reasons, and they would yeah. fully understand that um, it's possible to spin up a WordPress website literally in seconds. And yes. it's also fairly easy these days to, if, if you're not interested in doing it yourself, you can actually obviously get VAs or you could get some sort of third-party service to create content of your choice on there. The reason I'm saying this is because that there might be people who are interested in this just as a as a like a sideline to their business just setting up websites yeah. getting some growth and then totally. as you as you call it flip them over on flipper mm. um is that a sort of common do, are there people in your community who are literally doing this as a career again from the seller point of view they are building digital real estate somehow massaging it up working with it over time and then w- with purely with an eye to then flip it a year two three years later Oh, absolutely. There are the, the the interesting thing about the the community um, on Flipper is that sellers are buyers and buyers are sellers. So it's it's not actually the case that a that a seller doesn't buy and a buyer doesn't sell. And so you have mm-hmm. members of the community uh, who are absolutely making a living from creating sites, optimizing those sites, and selling those sites on Flipper. And there'll be people doing that um, at a smaller level, i.e., making maybe five to ten thousand dollars a year. Um, but there's people doing that at a big time level, i.e., making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And that means that they are highly skilled. They've got a knack for spinning these up efficiently, um, building a small content base, or at least providing the tools which enable a future buyer to get that content. Uh, They know the recipe for articulating themselves on Flipper. They're building credibility like in any marketplace environment like an eBay or or even an Airbnb as a super host. And they're being recognized as go-to sellers of these smaller WordPress assets. Mm. And um, yeah, that's a thing. And then you've got people who buy those because they say, I'm going to go back to this super seller, which is what they call it on Flipper, and I'm going to go and buy myself a, a new WordPress site from um, this trusted individual. And they're trusted because they've sold 100 of them before and you know you're getting what you pay for, which is you know you might be spending $500 to get something that's beautifully set up. And, and that's worthwhile because if you're not as skilled as your community, it, it, it's your your community thinks it's easy, but for the layman, yeah, it's not that easy. Yeah, it's just um, remarkable actually to me that there is there is a, a business to be had in there. Obviously, you know, as with all businesses, you have to have the 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 hut spa, shall we say? You know, you've got to be prepared to put in the hours. I'm guessing nobody falls over a log and makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. No. This is this is hard work. Presumably, there are times when it works out beautifully and. Kaching, and other times where you've, you know, banged your head against the wall, and this particular domain for reasons that you can't explain just doesn't work out. Does your community, sort of, in some way, support these people? That is to say, do you do you educate them? Do you have like a, a, a I don't know, a, a, like a set of tutorials or guidance on how to how to build these kind of things? 
No, actually. I mean, I wish we did, um, and we're getting better. We've got a lot of advice on on how to buy and sell, but not a lot of advice on how you build a business yourself from selling. Mm. Um, and I think we've got some some work to do around that. The the key thing is that um, ultimately, given your community, there'll be a bunch of people out there who are really skilled in setting up certain types of WordPress sites. So maybe they're really skilled in setting up AdSense-powered sites, um, Amazon Associates-powered sites. Maybe they're skilled in, in helping people set up sites that are able to generate content very quickly. And so that's what you've got to find. Like in, like in any specialization in life, I guess, you've got to find your niche. And once you find your niche, um, as long as that's repeatable, and you're making more from your efforts than um, the efforts cost you, then you can get up and going pretty quickly. I, I actually imagine that you'd have a, a bunch of people in your community who could do that. Yeah. Um, plus, I imagine that a bunch of them own really um, successful sites in their own right that, you know, should they want to, they could probably realize um, quite significant value for. Yeah. Okay, uh, just fascinating. The okay, let, let, you said that buyers are sellers and sellers are buyers, so it's a, probably a bit of a stretch to do this anyway. But let's do it. So we, we've talked largely about the the sort of sell, um, buyer side of no, the seller side of things. Let's move on uh, more to the sort of buyer side of things. How does that process work? Is it literally you just go to flipper dot com, browse around, see if something takes your fancy, or is it more to it than that? You know, have you got tools which will help you find certain things, or if maybe you're in a certain niche, you can drill down in a certain way, and and so on. Yeah, look, I think there's a, there's a little bit more to it, and that's just because we encourage people to go through a, a fairly exhaustive browsing and searching process, and the reason for that is that you can get caught up in the idea that. Um, all right, great. I will spend $15,000 on Flipper. The site I'm acquiring is making $500 a month, therefore $6,000 a year. And that is therefore, um, what is that? A 40% um, return on investment in year one. And then I'm home, home free um, toward the end of year two. Yep. Now, that, that can sound really, really appealing. But you've got to, one, not spend more than you have to spend to understand that there's no almost no such thing as passive income. A lot of buyers will say, oh, I'm looking for a site which will generate passive income. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? You and I would be buying lots of sites if we just sat there and made <laughs> yeah. money. So you've still got to um, know what the, the bones of a site are and, and what to look for. And so what we say to people is set up a couple of alerts. So use Flipper Search, um, narrow down to the platform, let's say WordPress, uh, think about how much you've got to spend, therefore narrow down to your budget. Don't go outside of that. Don't start to wander off into a territory which is going to stretch you beyond what you could ever um, afford. And then you know, spend at least 30 days um, contemplating what type of business it is that you would like to run or what type of blog it is that you would like to run. So if you take, um, just for the sake of the example, if you take Crochet Kim, <laughs> well, in your case, you said you're not interested in crochet. So if you buy that, just because it looks good on paper monetarily or from a monetization standpoint, you're going to get pretty bored of your crochet content after a couple of, well, I was going to say years, but maybe yeah, minutes, months. Frankly. <laughs> minutes. And so, you know, 
you you want to not only um, invest the type of money you can afford to invest, but you also want to invest where you've got a passion. Um, and so, you know, in that particular case, the owner um, sold it to someone who was um, just as interested in in crochet or at least, you know, hobbies and interests that relate to that. And so that's a really critical piece. So what they essentially do is after they've found something that they're interested in, they'll contact the seller and there's a contact seller button. And that will take you to a discussion forum. And from there, you can ask lots of questions of the seller and take the data that's on the listing and use that to inform your conversation. And then finally, after lots and lots of back and forth, um, you can place an offer and that offer happens on the platform as well. Um, we encourage that much like other marketplaces to protect you. So that then opens up a escrow service and a contract service. And so that's all encompassing. And buyers don't pay flipper. So we make our money from sellers selling and that's a success fee. And so buyers are encouraged to place an offer um, on the platform, use the contract of sale, which is embedded, use the escrow service, which is integrated. And that's essentially it. It's it's akin to eBay. Yeah. The only difference is you're not buying something tangible. You're buying a digital product. Yeah, it's um, it's just fascinating. Uh, just like I said, we've never really strayed into this. I notice on the website though, um, flipper.com. I should reiterate that websites is the is the kind of first thing on your menu. But then it, we stray into sort of other interesting areas as well. So the next one that comes along, and again, might be of interest to our community because a lot of them are developers and not necessarily just WordPress developers. There's the there's the choice to list and presumably buy um, apps as well as yeah. domains. E-commerce comes up as a, as a possible option. Content, uh, interesting. Marketplace, services, SaaS, and AdSense. I'm just yeah. curious. Some of these are pretty obvious, like I can probably figure out that an app is a mobile device i'm going to say like yes. ios android yeah. that's correct okay yeah so we um the reason those particular categories are there is, is is those categories dominate our search results so what happens is um, buyers will use the flipper search function much much like a google search function or any other search function but we we see around 10.8 million searches a month cool. um it's quite extraordinary yeah. and so we therefore know what people are looking for and AdSense um, is number one, amazingly. Um, now, an AdSense-powered website is typically a WordPress site, um, but people search AdSense. They don't necessarily search WordPress. Uh, and then for apps, people don't necessarily search iOS or Android. They just search apps, and so that's why it's apps. But, yeah, what you've got there is a is a platform that represents real estate, digital, digital assets, digital real estate, online businesses, um, stuff that trades in a digital environment. And then, of course, um, you know, people who have those assets can sell those assets and make money from them. And we look, we genuinely think it's it's a burgeoning asset class and, and actually it's an undervalued asset class. If you go and drop your money in the S&P 500, you know, maybe you can earn 6 7 up to 10% a year, which would be fantastic. Um, but if you invest in... Uh, you know, WordPress blog powered by AdSense, you can be making 30%, 40% on your investment, which is pretty outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That's amazing. The um, 
One, one thing that I'm curious about is if I go to your website, there's a, as you would with real estate, um, there's a valuation tool, which I confess yes. I haven't used, so I'm about to be extraordinarily ignorant. Apologies for that. How does that work? And presumably that is a an automated process, excuse me, <clears throat> an automated process. But does do I have sort of carte blanche to say, do you know what? I'm still going to list it, but I want to drive the price down. Or alternatively, I still want to list it, but I'd rather ask for 2x that. Do, do you have any constraints on what you're willing to, to list on your platform? Yeah, it's a great question. So the valuation tool... Um takes into consideration some of those things that uh, you and I talked about before where we were giving the, I guess, the analogy to a good street or a good town or a, or a good uh, location. Um, so it takes into consideration the age of the site, the uh, traffic, how you're acquiring traffic. Is it is it organic or is it paid? It takes into consideration the business model because, for example, SaaS uh, commands a higher multiple than, say, um, an e-commerce business. Um, so it takes into consideration lots of things. What it then does is it looks at our sales data. So it cross-references your inputs with all of the sales data on Flipper and then basically spits out a valuation based on what other assets that are similar to yours have sold. Okay. And so that valuation is um, more often than not accurate, but of course there's lots of things that can go into how a site is valued. Is it currently declining? Is it, you know, has COVID-19 impacted the traffic over the last 30 days? Um, there's lots of things that can go into it. So it is it is accurate, but it doesn't take into consideration edge cases or anomalies or pandemics yes. um, as an example. Yeah. Uh, the question on price is a really interesting one. So yes, you control price, but there's two things. One, we have price hurdles. So we won't allow people to price their asset for something which we deem to be unreasonable or ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just for the, the integrity of the marketplace. So you might, we might let you stretch to something like a, um, you know, a three and a half times net profit multiple. So, you know, for argument's sake, if you're doing uh, $30,000 net profit, through AdSense revenue, just as an example, um, we might let you price that for $105,000, but you certainly couldn't price it for a four and a half times multiple or a five times multiple. Right. Um, now you can mount your case. So when you go through, it will say that is too high. Please do not do that. This is what we recommend. Are you willing to put it into the recommended range? Um, but there is always the opportunity. It says uh, through the onboarding experience, you know, Please contact Flipper if you feel like this is an unfair um, valuation and, and justify to us why you want to price it so high. And someone can can do that successfully because they might be getting, for argument's sake, 500,000 visitors a month, getting that all organically. And for whatever reason, they've never monetized the thing. Yeah. So um, in which case the valuation is going to be way off and we would therefore provide an exception uh, to our own rules. Um, once they're up and going, you'll tend to find that the buyers, um, they're, pretty, they're pretty switched on. The buyers will tell you if you're being silly. So buyers will say, you know, I have bought three other assets um, that, you know, have been performing to a similar level, are of a similar age, make their money in the same way, and I bought those for X, Y, and Z, and you are trying to sell me yours for X. Don't do that. 
Mm. Um, so you'll find that, um, and, and then on the flip side, if something's super attractive, so I'm looking at, and again, sorry to use the same example. Uh, let me change examples. So there's an example called Personality Max. Um, it's a nine-year-old site offering free personality tests. And so your question around pricing, there were 13,399 buyers who looked at this asset. Whoa. So it gets pushed up above and beyond what would be considered a reasonable valuation because for whatever reason, there's lots of people interested in it. Mm. And um, you don't necessarily have it over there in Britain, but in, in Melbourne, for example, um, houses can go to market by way of a street auction. And sometimes um, at a street auction, the, the individuals can get a bit carried away and yeah. the, the price gets pushed up way above the reserve, right? Um, and it's a slightly similar thing here where, you know, the reserve, um, it was set at 108000 It ended up selling for $254,000. Um, nice. Nine-year-old site offering a free personality test, great traffic, um, no, no marketing spend, therefore, you know, unrealized potential. Buyers really liked it. There are 114 bids, lots of, as I said, 13,319 views, and, and therefore pricing becomes a little bit silly. But, you know, the, the buyers are controlling what they're willing to pay. Mm. Do you, in terms of the, the way that it's managed, you were talking about this kind of um, eBay style. Everybody's familiar with that. Let's just go with that. Um, yep. Is that it? Is there, a, is there a period in time at which, right, this is closing? Uh, is, that, is that forced onto you by the platform? Or is it possible to just say, look, can I just leave it on for a year and see what the best offer was during that period of time? Or is it all, no? got to close on a particular date and hopefully the, uh, you know, the interest will ramp up. No, completely flexible. Mm. Um, in fact, a lot of people just use auctions to drive a bit of um, excitement and attention yep. and then they, they sell post-auction. Um, so you can, you can choose. So you can list as an auction and you can then set the number of days. So you can set a seven-day auction, 14-day auction, 30-day auction, whatever, whatever number of days you think is, is best suited to your asset. And, uh, I must admit we need to provide a bit better guidance around that. But mm. most people will choose a 30-day auction or you can choose to sell as a fixed price listing, okay. which means right. you, you you drop in the price and, and people then um, contact you and place an offer and you can accept, reject or counter that offer. Got it. On your platform, if somebody, if I was to sell something and mm. somebody was to buy it from me, how yes. do we, how does that actual sale take place in other words let's say that you're in i don't know australia for example and i'm in yes. the uk there's two colliding sets of lawyers there um I, yes. I just genuinely don't know what the constraints are you know in other words are you are you taking ownership of the domain for a short period of time and then handing it over to me do i then have to communicate directly with the pert with the seller and trust yes. that they're going to be honorable how, how does it all work from a legal point of view yeah, great, great question. And there are some constraints around jurisdictions. So, for example, um, to own a, a WordPress blog with a .com.au domain name, mm. uh, you're going to need to set up a, an Australian business number. Now, you can only get an Australian business number if you're an Australian resident. Um, so that means that uh, that's less likely. However, mm. Let's say you're a Brit and you want to acquire a site which is being operated out of um, the US. Uh, that's 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 easier. So how does that process then work? Let's say that for our, for argument's sake, we're not dealing with some of the the jurisdiction challenges. Um, the first piece is to 
to agree to a, a price and the terms around that price. So agreeing to the terms around price could be anything from um, I will pay you the full amount up front all the way through to uh, seller financing, which is a, a form of financing where the seller basically takes um, the, the payable amount over a fixed period of time with some interest um, charged on that amount. So let's say you get over that and that is uh, constructed on the platform or, or over a phone call or whatever. You, you then accept that offer on Flipper and you then go into what we call the sales completion area and that's where the legalities um, start to take place. So the first thing is that we're integrated with escrow.com and what that means is that the buyer will pay in the money you will see that the money is sitting in a secure wallet. Yep. Um, that wallet is um, you know, encrypted. They will go through an identity verification. It's like a KYC check, a, mm. a know your customer check. Both parties must go through that. And we obviously can see that that's playing out um, through both the integration, but also depending on the value of the, the website, we will oversee it ourselves. So at that point, I know that the money's sitting there and I can now um, use the contract of sale. Now, the the steps are interchangeable. I could have exchanged a contract of sale beforehand or I could not have, but let's say I did not. I would now grab the contract of sale. I might have lawyers involved, but I could just as easily use the Flipper um, integrated contract of sale. Mm. So you download that, you fill in all of the details, and that becomes to some extent, an asset register at the same time because you're listing all of the assets which are encompassing social media profiles, databases, maybe there's some employees involved, etc. So both parties need to sign that agreement and that agreement is then stored on the platform and used as a point of reference governing the transaction. Mm. Now, at that point, you've got a signed agreement, you've got some money in escrow. Um now, I'm making this sound pretty simple. It can get complex. But in short, what would now happen is that the assets would begin to change hands. Now, remember, the money's sitting in escrow and we're protecting the cash. So the seller would start to transfer the domain name ownership. They would start to transfer the, the assets. Let's say there's a, um, a MailChimp login or whatever it is. They would mm -hmm. start to transfer all of those accounts across to uh, the seller uh, to the buyer let's say for argument's sake there was um, also a developer involved who was agreeing to be contracted for 15 hours a week then the introductions to that developer would happen and all of that stuff now finally the buyer needs to say and let's assume that they've done their due diligence by the way at yep. this point in time uh, the buyer would then need to say i have received the assets the assets are in the order um, that i thought they would be so they're in they're in working order i've checked everything's everything's great i now certify escrow.com um, using this button to release the monies now yeah. what that will say is um, are you sure you want to do that did you receive everything that you intended to receive for your twenty thousand dollars yes i did and then the money would land with the seller and, and job done right okay i mean it's it's i can imagine when you're dealing with high um high ticket items there's going to be lots of interesting little turns and and shimmies to be done and so on but obviously you know in a much smaller one probably much more straightforward yeah quick inspection it's fine i've got the domain click the button done we're we're over but yeah that's that's fascinating over on the over on the platform itself how do i 
well, are there ways, let's say, for example, I'm selling a domain and I wish it to be surfaced by the platform. Can yeah. I can I do that? It, is, does it automatically sort of surface things which are I don't know coming up in terms of time, or do you have like a premium tier that you can pay for to 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 say, look, this one, everybody notice me. Yeah, that's a really great question. So, so we are a little bit like other marketplaces. Let's take eBay again, where we have you know what we call marketplace dynamics playing out. Now we are going to reward certain assets regardless of what they pay us to list um and we'll talk through that in a minute that they, they, we're going to reward certain assets for certain reasons and so they're going to rise to the top and that's no different to google's search algorithm it's no different to any other search algorithm uh you have certain way of scoring the quality of an asset in our case we score both the asset but we also score the seller and so, for example, if you choose not to verify your ID, if you choose not to verify your phone number, and you choose not to drop a profile photo on the listing, right. uh, your listing is getting penalized. So that's just one example. Um, now, if your asset is got very high organic traffic, it's been around for some period of time, let's say three years, then we know that lots of buyers look for those assets. So we therefore score it high and we then push it to the top, just as an example. Mm. Now you can pay Flipper more than the standard listing fee, which is pretty approachable. It's $49. Um, so what is that in pound? Call it 25? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so you pay a standard listing fee and then, you know, your you're beholden to our scoring algorithm. Uh, but you, you could, in theory, pay for an upgrade and you can get all sorts of things. Um, so you can get us writing blog posts about you. You can get us advertising you on Facebook. You can get us doing a whole heap of stuff which ensures that you get a lot, a lot, a lot of eyeballs. Mm. Um, and so there's a few things at play out, whether it's, it's quality or whether it's you paying. Um, we, we take that into consideration as to what gets shown and what doesn't get shown. So there are ways if you if you feel that there's you know real going to be real interest in something that you're you're owning you can promote it and push it to the front. So as an example, um, at the moment I'm just browsing on the the homepage. I can see that there's um, singlemomsincome.com going for thirty four thousand US, and then there's ringtoperfection.com, which I'm presuming has something to do with rings on your fingers. Um, 175,000.com. Is it likely that the editor's choice ones have come through that sort of um, bumped up uh, fee paying structure? Or as you said, is it just possibly organic because they've got these great attributes? Yeah, good question. So in the case of um, editor's choice, you can't pay to be there. Right. Um, that is our uh, marketing manager and, and content marketing manager looking at assets um, that they believe are unique and that they believe are going to be super interesting to buyers and they typically have something unique or they're in a particular niche that we think is is interesting right now and so as a result they'll get there um, but directly below that or a little bit below that you've got sponsored listings um, and then when you jump into search um, you've got sponsored listings that are getting all sorts of additional treatment because they've paid us. But the editor's choice, you, you can't actually pay to get into. Um, and typically, it's it's certainly a good quality listing. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. So I think I think probably I've gone through my battery of questions. I hope I hope I've managed to get everything. But as always at the end of these interviews, I, I just say, is there anything that I missed? Is there any glaring thing that you think your platform delivers that I've just totally missed? No, no, that's been fantastic. I mean, what you know, one of the things I, I want to reiterate is we we completely um, respect and admire uh, communities operating in all sorts of spaces, be it Amazon, be it AdSense, be it WordPress. Um, we, we genuinely believe that there are communities that are creating extraordinarily extraordinary value right now and value not only for themselves but potentially for others. And so, we, you know, we, we see ourselves as being a marketplace that can that can represent those people and that's probably the only thing I'd end with. Yeah, and it is an area where our community do have some expertise. It may not be something that you've thought of before, maybe something you're heavily into. Um, but flipper.com is how you're going to find uh, Blake. I wondered if you wanted to drop any uh, emails, Twitter handles, anything, any way of contacting you personally. You can, of course, avoid yeah, that question yeah, altogether. Absolutely. No, no, not at all. I'm very, I love, I love feedback and I love helping people in that, this space. So uh, people can get me directly at Blake, B-L-A-K-E, at flipper.com if they just want to ask me any questions about um, what it all means and how to go about it. Um, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, so find me there, uh, Blake Hutchison, H-U-T-C-H-I-S-O-N, and I'm at Twitter at Blake now. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed chatting about Flipper. It's certainly something that I'm going to be exploring in the near future. That looks really good. Thank you, Blake. Stay safe. I hope you have a nice week. Thank you very much, Nathan. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It was certainly very enlightening to me. I didn't realise that there was so much that went on behind the scenes when you flip things, be that domains or apps or whatever it might be. And it was really fascinating chatting to Blake about what goes on and all of the measures that they use to make it easy and to protect you. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, join us next week on Monday. I'll be putting out my newsletter at 7am UK time. And then at 2pm UK time on that same day, we'll be doing the live version. We used to call it the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News. We're now going to call it rather grandly This Week in WordPress. So that's going to be with Paul Lacey and myself and a couple of notable WordPress guests. We'll have to wait and see who they are. But that's 2pm UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. And then I'll also put that out into you. YouTube the day after as well. So lots in store this week. See you next week for the podcast, Monday for the other stuff. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.